Welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire, powered by ShirtAgency.com. Get ready to take a trip inside the apparel industry for the best tips, tricks, and interviews. And now, here's your host, Cole Lundstrom. Hello. So on this episode of Building Your T-Shirt Empire, I have Bruce Ackerman, who is the owner and founder and genius behind Printavo. And Printavo is a shop management software that we're actually going to start switching to here at Shirt Agency. So it was pretty interesting to talk to him one-on-one and like hear about what his vision for the future of the company is, and then also to hear about what he thinks the differences between good and bad shops, and why some manual shops just plateau and then others take off and do way more orders. Um, so enjoy the conversation. And if you like the podcast, please leave a review. Only five star reviews. I don't want any other reviews. If you have other opinions, keep them to yourself. All right. Here's Bruce. Thanks, guys. How you doing? Good, Cole. How have you been? How's Pretty the weather? Good. Oh, it's not bad. It's not nearly as hot right now. So uh, let's talk about why you're here. So you own Printavo. When did you get it started? Yeah, so uh, I started Printavo in two. 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. and I went to the University of Illinois in Champaign, which um, a couple shops are actually over there too, but was printing there, so I was running a print shop, and that's really where Printavo came from. So you ended up creating Printavo just to manage your own shop? I had loved designing apparel, so uh, I didn't go the band route as many many uh, shop owners went, but I went the re- retail kind of route, so I was printing a ton of of our own work and then ended up printing more for the university. We were at a Big Ten school. There's 40-something thousand people. So wow. we're talking bar crawl shirts, university shirts, football shirts, right, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were like, holy crap. Like, we ended up doing, I mean, this is not a ton to some of you guys, but, like, we were doing 10,000 a week in sales just from screen printing for other people. Yeah, so, yeah. like, forget our stuff. <laughs> like, this is where it's at, right? And so, what happened to similar... Did you did you sell that print shop? Yeah. So before I left, I ended up selling it. Um, I was just like, I love champagne, and this is no offense to champagne shops, but I was just like, I do not want to be stuck here. I want to go to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a corn everything, and then inside is the campus town, and that's it. Yeah. So then, when you first did that first version of Printavo, how long was it before you even had like a user? Gosh, a while. So, so we hit that point with many. Everybody hits it at some point where it's like, I can't keep using Google Calendar, you yeah. know, and email and this and that, and. I looked at solutions out there to try to find something to help us. And they were just so complicated or they were like the disc. Like I'm sure you guys remember like AOL discs and like the one Photoshop used to be very heavy disc based. And um, we need to be cloud based because we were meeting with students. We actually, our thing was we delivered the shirts. We drove out and dropped them off. Mm-hmm. So I needed it to be on my phone. Um, and nothing was just very easy to use. And so that's where I started I started coding. I was really love design. And then um, first customer, gosh, it was a while. You know, you build something and you think that people are just going to come, right? When you open it, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, everybody's going to come in. You open a retail store and you're going to be just crickets. 
same exact thing. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. Like I just worked on it at the night and I just loved keep piling away. And then first customer signed up. Gosh, one of the first ones was, I remember miles t-shirts in Springfield. Um, the print, the shop printing in Wisconsin and like Justin from barrel maker who was at the conference too. Um, and I remember the first payment and I just couldn't believe it. It yeah. sounds weird <laughs> now just cause there's so many shops, but the first person I was sitting in my bed working, that was like my office. Cause I just work late every night on it. And, and I got the Stripe notification. Like you guys probably use Stripe too, right? And it says, you, yeah, congratulations, yeah. successful payment. And I couldn't believe that someone paid to use this that I was just working on all the time. Right. And, um, it felt amazing. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, one more and another one more. And that's just how we still think about it. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, some people are asking in the comments what it's, what this is about, but you own Printavo, like we said earlier. And oh, yeah. Printavo is, is shop software. So it's how you can run and manage your shop without losing your mind with emails. Uh, we're actually just now switching over to it. So. We're pretty excited to get a lot more like involved with like the whole Printavo system. Cause right now we have just a hodgepodge of things, which I think most people are running like that, right? For sure. For sure. Or even like uh, whiteboards. I see a lot of, um, tons of carbon, like uh, free copy paper, you know, mm. um, rewrite one, you, you rip it off, you put it in that bin over there and this one goes over here. And... Oh yeah. I, I was at this shop a few years ago where all it ever was was pieces of paper everywhere. And if someone lost the paper, then you had to figure out what you lost before you could even go and print it out again. It was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Well, not, and, and not only that, but like, just imagine a customer calling in or let alone an important customer calling in and just mm -hmm. being like, Hey, uh, where are we at? How are things going? And then, you know, you're chasing paper and then it falls under a press or God yeah, knows right. where it goes under. Or you're um, walking up to employees and being like, so have we started? Because yeah. There's no tracking whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. So the efficiency is just, and that's been something that's been so interesting, is just getting more efficiency. I think, like, print shops, we tend to manage shops be as a printer because that's how we grew up in the business. But it's really like a manufacturing company. And, and it's like, how do we look at it? using lean manufacturing to, to be super, super efficient with that flow and creating that repetitive process. So what are you seeing from shops that are making like real numbers each month? Are you, why are you seeing them succeed where a lot of people might be static and they're just a manual shop for 12 years? Yeah. So, um, the biggest is, is first mentality of the business owner. You know, are they in the business or on the business? I think people hear this a lot, but truly, letting go, you know, you, you almost strangle the business if you're not be able to delegate things off and be able to train and trust the people that you hire. Mm -hmm. Um, that's one. And then the other thing really is like creating a repetitive process. I think we touched on this at the conference. Um, but like, do you have a full workflow for what happens at every step of your shop? If yes, does it go to this flow? If no, does it go over here? so that you can take an absence of leave and just be gone and does things continue to run like that's the true test can you leave for two weeks a month 
and expect everything to continue running, I would I would guesstimate ninety percent says no, everything just collapses because people yeah. don't know who to ask or what to do or this or that. But like that stuff takes time too, right? Like you probably didn't get to that, um, you know, for a while, right? Like because you have to hire for the different yeah, I mean, and areas, but especially when like you're the boss, which means you're also like the production manager or you're the head of sales or whatever. Exactly. You, you basically have to be so big that you aren't all that necessary, which is, uh, that's like at least like 12 man shop or so. I wouldn't yeah. think that that works very well. If you three, four people, there's just I, not enough money. I think, I think two is, is, is also being like really self reflective of you and what you're doing every day. You know, because you could say, man, I'm putting in 12, 14, 18 hour days. It's like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> right. like, like, are you, are you literally like hand holding with the graphic designer each job and like communicating back and forth? Um, I, I've, I've, in, and I found this myself in this role too. So I actually like write what I'm supposed to be doing down that day. Mm-hmm. And if there's stuff that's on that list that I should be, delegating off i need to spend the time initially to do that right because it's so easy to be like oh, i'll just do it i'll just do it yeah right and then next thing you know you're still doing it and it's a year later and it's again like strangling that that workflow yeah i think for sure like hey i see a lot of shops where like they're so tied up in problems that they didn't get anything productive done it's just kind of like this infinite game of chasing their tail um I know for me, as soon as I was off the press, even though I wasn't out of the business, that was huge for our growth. Because I when did, I was like, when did when did that happen? Uh, that was well, year one I didn't do anything but outsource, and then okay. year two I was actually on a press, and at the end of year two we'd already hired me off of it. So it was like one year of me being completely involved in every single design, and then I finally got people into print that wasn't going to be me. So like I, I still was involved like a manager, but I wasn't involved like, Hey, this screen didn't get burned. Right. And then it would ruin 45 minutes trying to get right. it redone. Was that a, a manual still you guys right? Uh, well at the end of year two, we got an auto, we got a rock. Okay. So that was like, that's another game changer. And for anyone who's considering an auto, it's like the best thing ever. When do you feel like was the right time to do that? Uh, for us, it was just like demand. We literally were doing like three, four thousand units manually. Mm-hmm. So it was just, there was no question for us. We kind of yeah. grew out of necessity. Um, but I know that some shops, like if the money makes financial sense, I would do it. If you have like the $1,600 a month for the payment, I would probably go auto pretty quickly just because it allows you to not turn down the big orders. And it means, that sure. a, it means that a 500 piece order is a two hour problem. It's not two days. Sure. When you, when you try to do 500 units manually, it just destroys you. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And, and, and just the time, yeah, your, your cost of printing shirt goes way down. Yeah. There's one shop in LA that has like five or six manuals and mm-hmm. a huge staff, like 11, 12 people. And uh, they've never gone auto. And I feel like that, if you just look at the labor costs versus 
what they're outputting, it's a huge difference. Um, and it's kind of crazy that they haven't gone auto because they're afraid of buying a machine that's actually a lot cheaper than the people. Hmm. I don't know if they're just overly cautious or whatever, but it kind of blows my mind that they've never done it because they're, right. they're a pretty big shop in L.A. Did you finance or, or pay cash? or? Uh, with The Rock, the first one, we did like this crazy rent-to-own thing that Ryonet will do with some people. Okay. So it's like a rent-to-own system, and then what you can do is just refi it and turn it into like a payment to pay it off instead. Mm -hmm. um, but it was cool for us because it meant if we failed, we weren't on the hook. Interesting. They were just going to pick it up. We weren't going to owe the balance on the unit. And if you kept it longer, then you start owning equity in the machine. Yeah, like if I had stayed rent to own the entire time, it was like a ten-year payoff structure. It was insane. Oh wow! So, okay. Um, like it was great in the beginning because it meant the payments made some sort of sense to us, mm -hmm. and and you can refi it and turn it into something that, like, long term, you'll just pay off and actually own. Right. Right. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. I just always love that transition story. Right. Cause the first transition is like the kind of mom and pop side business type thing. We're printing and we're doing this thing. And then it's like, wow, we're doing really well printing and then hiring the first few people. And then it seems like auto is a pretty big step. Yeah. It's definitely a huge jump. Like when you go from manual to auto, it blows your mind how little work you had. Like. <laughs> You, you, you don't have enough sales whenever you switch over. Cause even 2000 units could be one day right. on an auto. And so it's kind of like you realize that you weren't selling that much very quickly. I think we, we were at maybe a quarter of a million dollars in sales the year we bought the auto. And by the end of that year, we were up into the 800,000s just because like we could do it. We had the capacity. Right. So it accelerates it. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell me more about Printago and what it offers, like print shops and how people can use it. Yeah, so we really just focus on making print shops workflow a lot more organized and simple. Um, I think the common use case is what we were just talking about actually before. It's just like there's mistakes, there's, um, there's lost efficiency. You see um, communication is a problem. People coming back from... The, the production floor to the front office asking, wait, what, like, what is this job supposed to be? Or is this what it looks like? Or where's the artwork for this? Or do we even have the shirts in house? Right. I've seen that where it's like you prep it and you get it ready and you're supposed to print that and there's no shirts there. Yeah. Um, right. And so, uh, you know, we just create that repetitive process so that we want shops to be able to say, okay, for your team, you have these 15 different steps and you have to work through those 15 different steps all color-coded, super visual, and to make it really easy. We just focus on the core pieces of the print shop. Um, you know, we're not going to do a million and one features. Uh, there's other tools that are more complicated to use for that, but we're going to do the core ones really well, and that's our goal, to keep diving deeper there and, and keep improving. Um, I think, like, it's so exciting just because I feel like every time I go to the trade show or meet at the shop, it's like, I, and then you go to like, look at what's going on on techcrunch.com or kind of a, the startup land. And it's like two different worlds. Like one is super, super, um, 
you know, ahead of the times and there's Alexa and people are ordering stuff on their phone and this and that. And then we kind of go into manufacturing land and it's like really, uh, it's maybe five, 10 years behind tech wise. And so like, we just have so much more opportunity that we can integrate and connect and, and show data around. So I'm just pumped at where we're going and, and the, the, the additions that we can keep adding. Yeah. So what are some of the additions that you have coming? I don't know what you do and don't want to mention, but yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, the, the thing that I'm interested in is like what you're looking to do with online shops. Yeah. So merch, I think is, is really exciting. I think as we've seen uh, the online store platforms that are out there, people are really using heavily. Mm-hmm. It's been an important tool. Um, and they're able to grow sales by having not having to grow people, right? right? So I think that's exciting. And I think the platforms out there help those shops start to do that. But I think we can do it better and easier and automate a lot more of what's going on and keep everything in their Printavo workflow. So all the shops internationally using Printavo, they can easily then spring up those shops from a quote and then collapse them back down into purchasing and managing the the schedule and the workflow from there too. And so that's, I mean, we did a demo and there's one on YouTube now, but that's like, that's awesome. And just to be able to help the shops more with that. So that's a big thing, Merge. Printable payments is a big thing. Uh, We're processing so many millions of dollars of payments right now per month that we can help use the collective to help reduce the uh, overall credit card processing fee and that allows us to do ACH. Um, and then I think just mobile, mobile, like we have an iOS app out, but we want to keep pushing that forward and be able to show like more detailed analytics that connect everything together. So, you know, you pull out your phone, you scan the barcode, you open it up, it knows that box is there. Um, it took 24 hours from approval to pre-press or ready to print. Like, how can we shrink that to 12? Like, these kinds of things are really exciting. There's so many hidden costs. Um, like, how long does approvals take on average? We don't quite know. Yeah, and, right. A and lot. we have that data. <laughs> exactly. And now, if you cut that in half, I mean, that's a hidden cost that can help you reduce the cost and, and increase your revenue because your, your turnover is increasing. So... How many people um, are using Printavo right now? How many shops are there onboarded? Yeah, so we don't actually give out exact numbers, but I've been like very, I feel very blessed to, to be able to, we were onboarding shops in Thailand, South America, Bahamas, um, Australia, Europe. I mean, so I've been, we've been doing this for seven years now. Wow. Um, so as much as I think we're getting more momentum and it, feels like it's out there more. I still feel like we have so long to go. Um, and so uh, I'm just pumped about it. I know I kind of skirted the question like a politician. Or something. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. But, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got, you got to watch your back. You got to, you can't, you can't tell everybody everything. The, yeah. Uh, so what do you think the, like the next steps are? Are you guys doing like just another programming push in the next few months or? Well, we're hiring again. Um, you know, I've always been very focused on product and I love design. And so um, 
I think we can keep improving the product. We got to hire more engineers. Engineers are hard to find. So good one. So we're, we're working through that. Um, and just keep doubling down on what works. I mean, we know based on feedback that we're helping shops and we love hearing that. And I think it's just the beginning of, of like where it all can go. I mean, I like, I'm personally just so passionate about the industry and, and everything around it that like, it just feels like we're just coming out of the gate. Like we're, we're I actually tell our team all the time, we're, we're still in the locker room. You know, yeah. we haven't even got well, your team's to pretty start one. It's pretty small, right? Like the core team. Yeah. So we're, we're a team of six, soon to be eight, but you know, we, we really just focus. It's not as much people for us as we can create something more scalable. It's kind of nice with software is that it can scale past the number of people you have. Yeah. But I think the questions are like, are we supporting our customers really well? Like, are we there and able to answer the phone as much as possible? Um, and with growth, it's you have to kind of scale up and make sure you're doing that. And then creating a really simple product has helped reduce the amount of overhead that we've had to take on a normal other software companies would have to um, for an enterprise software type tool. So um, we bring people as needed, really. And um, but but I think what for us that helps us do is prioritize really, really well. Right, because we get amazing ideas and suggestions from everywhere, but it helps us be able to say what's the most important thing we need to work on because we have limited resources to to do that. And um, I like it, and I think the team likes it too. So we're not, you know, trying to add a million different things and buttons and forms and clicks and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's smart too because you want what you're doing to just like work. Uh, speaking of things working, the event was awesome. That was like what a month ago. Yeah, that was great. Print Hustles Con. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that was great. What is your plan for Print Hustles? Print Hustlers? Is that going to be? <laughs> is that going to be yearly? It's like Print Cuddlers event or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's yearly. That was the second one. We had a hundred people at that one. Um, completely filled the room. There was forty people the one before. So and this one sold out. I think we'll just do that again. I, I don't think there's like a goal to let's double every single year. I think mm-hmm. it's like, let's, let's have it sell out. So the people that want to be a part of it can be a part of it. We'll do hundred, 200 people max. And then um, really just focus again on the content and like fine tune, get the best speakers again, learn from what we did and what we could have done better and, and nail it again. And then also just get everybody together. Like it was awesome just being able to hang out with everybody that yeah, yeah. You know, is always either on Instagram or Facebook or you see at the trade shows. But yeah, all those events, like uh, when you're at trade shows, like they're cool and that's great. But like if you're not shopping, it kind of there's not much of a point as a print shop owner to go. Obviously, there's a whole big reason why you would go because you have to meet people all the time. But um once you kind of get used to like what iss looks like it's not nearly as fun as like a more specific seminar like yeah going and just meeting up directly with actual owners is more interesting for me for sure yeah and i i think i think too like um and post people at trade shows are like okay i gotta see these five different things and go Mm -hmm. over here do this and this and you get distracted and everything but also um 
it's it's nice just to pop out of the, that daily workflow and just be able to compare notes on stuff, but then also just chill and hang out with kind of like-minded people, right? I think there's a, yeah. it's good that, you know, there's a lot of shops out there, but I think there's a handful of shops like you guys who are trying to be more progressive and think about those types of things um, and care about the brand and, and this and not just, you know, just printing a shirt just to get it out there. Yeah. I guess you could filter those out with like one star review print shops on Yelp. <laughs> I don't know. Some of the one star style of shops make a lot of money. I mean, it, it's, that's what's oh, interesting they is like. Just don't care about the consumers. Yeah, I mean, it's it, all some of those huge, massive companies that just do like mad numbers because of online sales. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of difficult to explain to people like we're more expensive for a reason. Like if you want order of shirt from them and then compare it, like it's especially yeah. when you're dealing with a customer who doesn't know how any of this works, they don't understand why the shirt's not $5 and it takes a lot of education for them to even understand what they're missing out on. For sure. Do you guys ever do like um, open houses or something or like try to get, you know, people to go through just to learn how that process works or? Uh, well, I mean, we do the Ryonet class, so we end up with people who want to be screen printers coming in for the class. Oh, okay, we've, okay. We've never done, like, a local open house thing. Um, but when people come by the shop, they can actually, like, walk around or whatever. We have a whole front store, storefront, and oh, then, okay, um, okay. you know, they can do samples and everything in person if they don't want to shop online. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. It works pretty well. I mean, that's kind also, of like our whole differentiator it, is that we're not online. I mean, we are, but it's like we actually are on the phone and stuff, which helps right. us because if there was more of a public face to some of those huge companies, it would, uh, they would probably crush the small guys a lot quicker. Well, I think, I think that's a big switch too. And, and what we'll see is that like there's a huge push now for, um, AI chatbots and, and automating support and and sales leads and all that, but um, it just doesn't it just doesn't compare to like you know you know if you're talking to a bot on some some chat bot or, or whatever it is, it doesn't compare to just a real human interaction and that that personal connection. Yeah, for um, sure. And in, in live chat, live chat's just huge. Like it. Um, we always push it as hard as possible. I know we use Gusto, for example, for HR, mm -hmm. and they've scaled their team to handle live chat in app for people who are using it. They have, they have live chat available for any like quick HR question, which is crazy to me because the amount of resources you need to do that. But that's a genius idea if you can actually monitor it. We have a hard enough time just replying to emails quickly. I can't yeah. imagine getting sucked into live chat, but it would be an awesome feature to see. 100%. Yeah, yeah Olark has been a great tool. I think they either use that or like Zendesk Talk to integrate with Zendesk, the ticketing platform. Yeah, it's interesting, like the way automation can help and hurt. Like we did a, uh, a designer tool so that people could place their orders and theoretically not talk to us at all, which we thought was a great idea. Yeah, And we ended up just having an unbelievable amount of people not use it. <laughs> so we actually pulled it down because we would have people kind of half do it and then we'd see them abandon their design out of frustration or whatever. And uh, 
we ended up having to call him and find out what was wrong and then just do it the old way. Yeah. So we've, now we've gone back to just a contact form so that we can do it as like a traditional sale. Yeah. That was what I was talking about too at the conference is just that, you know, if you're depending on a designer tool to help funnel more sales to you, it's just not going to happen. I mean, because people I think see custom ink, right? And then like, oh, they have a designer tool. People can just, uh, they'll fill it out and they'll handle their artwork. Mm -hmm. And in theory, then I don't have to do that and it's ready to go. And it just doesn't work like that is they spend so much in marketing dollars to funnel people through that flow and understand that people drop off. They retarget them to get back, it back in. And I mean, you guys see, I'm sure the drop off of people bringing in printouts of that stuff or emailing it over. And, oh yeah. It's ridiculous when people just send you a bad piece of art that they made on custom ink. Exactly. It's like, I don't know that's just kind of become the norm now, but also like, the custom ink system is just so, uh, it's just so removed from any sort of local shop. Like most local shops have an advantage just because they're in front of you in person. Mm -hmm. I think one thing they do really, really well though, that you can mimic, um, is their website. Um, forget mm -hmm. the designer tool, but the way they've laid out their website is very consumer friendly in mm -hmm. imagery, in content. Um, and in SEO characteristics. So if you notice, like on the top of their website, they've got this small bar that says something like custom t-shirts, something like that. It actually uses what's called an H1 heading tag. Mm -hmm. And that way it's really high up on the page. Google ranks it very highly because it's so high and that helps them boost their Google rankings. They also talk about custom shirts. I think we talk about too much of screen printing which people don't really resonate with as much as I'm looking for custom shirts or hats, or whatever. Or, um, and then they give really good social proof too, which is social proof is just like proving your customer that others have used you and had a great experience. And yeah. that can be done through press that you've gotten. So like press logos, ABC seven, NBC have covered us, this and this, or so I've seen they use, um, we work with Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, and they put their logos on there. Then mm -hmm. quotes from customers. Um, you know, we've handled a thousand orders and more this year. Uh, photos of real customers and they've, the stuff they've gotten. They, they do a really great job with all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, their website's incredible. And what's amazing is most cities in America, if you look up custom shirts, they're actually the, the search result. Like, not even their ad. But they yeah. have pages that they've made for like every city. Yep. So when you look up Bakersfield, they've made a Bakersfield page and then they somehow got more traffic than all the local guys in Bakersfield. Yep. Yeah. 100%. And, and it garn so the other thing about specifically SEO is just the linking back and forth. Um, so one thing that a lot of shops should be doing is like creating that what's called long tail keyword. So you can create like shirtagency.com slash um, Los Angeles custom t-shirts. Mm -hmm. And that way, when someone searches LA custom tees or Los Angeles custom t-shirts or something related, that is a higher chance of getting further up the search results. And then the content on that page will be very directed towards what that URL is. And so you'll show up a lot more. Um, and if you want to do AdWords and things like that, you can boost it even further, but um, that's what they do. 
And they do that extensively, as you see, throughout all local markets to, to capture as much traffic as possible. Yeah. Yeah, they're, uh, they're definitely one of the bohemists right now. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> is there anything else you want to plug that's coming out with Printavo before we say goodbye? Um, I think we really covered it. Like, Printavo Paint is exciting. Printavo Merch is really exciting. Um, our analytics we're working on is really exciting. I, I think, uh, as much as we've put in seven years so far, I think we've got another 50 plus to like just keep pushing forward and, and take shops really into the future. And it, it's really exciting. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's it. I'm just pumped. I'm just always pumped. <laughs> like I'm just, you know, doing this for so long, just nights and weekends, just, you know, moonlighting it like a lot of shops did mm-hmm. until they move full time and they do full time. And it's just like, man, I get to, I guess just get to do this every single day. So it's great. Awesome. All right. Well, cool. Thanks for talking with me. Yeah, Cole. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.